Hello and welcome to Unlicensed Entertainment. I'm your host, Carl Entner. Uh, this is the first show that we've done of the new year. I took most of December off. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners, uh, I usually have my wife Natasha on every other episode. Uh, that might be hard for a little bit. She has taken a second job uh, for a few months to make some money to pay off our student student loan debt because it's insane how much you have to pay for student loans when you're a fucking nurse in a pandemic saving people. But anyways, that's what she's doing. So uh, since she's working two jobs, it's kind of hard to schedule a, an unimportant podcast with her. So, uh, well, I'll try, but there might be more guests lately, or I might just do some more of those horrible solo ones that no one listens to. Uh, just stay on a, on a schedule. But with me today, I have a great guest, a longtime friend. I've been friends with him for like close 15 years, more or less. Uh, we've been on a comedy sh- uh, team together for most of that time. Uh, he's one of the most funny people I know. Uh, his name is Matthew Thomas. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you on here. I think I only had you on my previous podcast once, which was a mistake. You're like I said, you're you're a funny guy. I don't know if I'm putting you too much on the spot on a podcast. Like, be zany now, because I said you're really funny. <laughs> uh, was was there a time I was on that normally? Because I I remember. Uh, I know there was the time DJ and I were on, and we did like the reviewing the reviews. I remember. Oh, I don't remember that. I remember uh, you went on to uh, discuss Deadpool. Yeah, that's right. Which we might talk a little bit about again today. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm something I'm trying out in this new year is uh, trying to think of new kinds of segments for the show. I thought what, something would be interesting is if I took things, uh, just grabbed a subject and went into it. And uh, we'll go into this at the end of the show. But Matt Thomas recently did a marathon of the X-Men franchise, and since that's over now, I thought that'd be something we could get into, that'd be really cool at the end of the show, what worked, what didn't work with that franchise. Uh, but first off, another new segment I want to try out is uh, talk about some things, thoughts I had about some things that I recently saw, uh, not full-on reviews or anything like that, just kind of thoughts. And something I thought was funny is one of the things I want to talk about, I thought about talking about it a week before this week they were releasing this, and it is suddenly really relevant. Uh, I don't usually talk about po- about politics on this show. Uh, I just thought that's a bad idea. I don't want to alienate anybody. But in the new year, fuck that. I'm going to get into politics a little bit because it's fucking insane. Uh, like last year, I didn't talk about it. I recorded an episode of this podcast the night that everything went crazy with Black Lives Matter. like their protests and everything like that. And I recorded a, a podcast about, you know, just fucking stupid movies that I watched recently. And it felt so fake and unauthentic and just not really it shouldn't have been going on like no one needs to hear my thoughts about stupid stupid uh what's going on in entertainment news while the world's burning so uh, i wanted to so, right. so i found something i want to talk about now again this is something i thought about before this week's things but so relevant it's kind of related to film and everything like that because this is basically a propaganda ad i saw trump put out in october that has stuck with me to today that he wants his people to think his fan base is like. Uh, so do you ever, uh, before he was banned from Twitter, which if you didn't know that Donald Trump is completely banned from Twitter, did you ever troll his page looking at it, at it uh, torturing yourself with that shit? Uh, no, I mostly avoided it. Uh, what I mostly relied on was the internet to um, find things. Uh, one of my favorite things in the entire world is uh, Trump criticizes Trump. <laughs> where people would find a tweet that directly contradicts what he was doing currently, uh, but he said it like four years ago. Yeah. 
No, I, those are great. Things like the electoral college has to go, and then <laughs> <laughs> and he's suddenly for it when it helps him. Well, I was trolling his page back in October, and this has stuck with me. And again, it's really relevant now. Uh, he put out this ad that's basically uh, what's really going on with his people, and it's basically a short film. And it basically starts off your the you're seeing a YouTube video of this guy in a MAGA hat shouting, "Get out of here, go, go!" And like uh, like at a black guy in a car driving away, right? And you see, then it goes cuts to a person recording it from their house, shaking their head at the at the MAGA guy. And you're like, "This is what they think of us." But then in a Shamlon twist, you get the backstory. In this this movie, basically a, a black guy's car breaks down. And a nice MAGA guy who's good with cars comes out and says, let me help you out with that. And he fixes the guy's car up. And they, like, hug. And they're all good and fine. And then, like, he's trying to get the car going. And the guy's like, let me push it. He starts pushing it. And his engine starts going. He goes, like, get out of here. Go, go, go. So you only saw the ending on YouTube. And that's all we get with those Black Lives with Not Black Lives Matter. With the MAGA people, we're getting edited videos. Those people that are marching saying white power are going, like, white power is bad. White power is bad. We were only hearing the white power part. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. people are taking it seriously. Like, yeah, this is so true. This is so true. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I know, and I am related to people who believe that. I know. I sometimes <laughs> also troll one of their pages. <laughs> uh, it blows my mind, uh, there was the that like pastor or something who had an address to Congress ended his prayer with all men and all women, um, which is dumb. Yeah. Um, because all men is a Latin word phrase. It's not. It has nothing to do with gender. But like the second that happens, my dad's posting about that for like three days straight. Uh, Look, there are raids, dumb people you know, on our raids the Capitol. Yeah, there are dumb people on uh, the liberal side. But, like, it's nothing compared to raiding the Capitol. But complete radio silence on that. Oh, yeah. No, nothing to say. Uh, just like, nah, not really in the news. I'm going to post more things about I've, gender thing. I recently got my first ever flag. This is false information post. Uh, you know, which happens a lot, a lot of times to people on the, on the far right. And it was because I retweeted, uh, not retweeted, on my Facebook, I took a caption of, Kevin Sorbo's thing, and then Lucy Lawless dunking on him. Because Kevin Sorbo said those people uh, raiding the Capitol were actually Antifa in disguise. And I thought that was ridiculous. Right. And I saw Lucy Lawless dunking on him. I thought that was great. I guess my they only saw the person who flagged my account or the, the post only saw the Kevin Sorbo part. Like, we know this is false. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know it's false, too. That's why I posted it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought in, in this day and age, especially after this crazy week, uh, I thought that commercial stood out more than ever. And it never left me because it's so fucking stupid. If you could find it, it's like five minutes long, which is too long on a, on a Trump ad. But uh, it's worth seeing just for the ridiculousness of it. Uh, the other yeah. thing the other thing I wanted to bring up, um, I bet I don't think you watch this show because I don't think it's your uh, your genre. But I recently watched a show Euphoria. Have you heard of it? I've not. Okay, it's an HBO show. It's like a, it's a really fucked up drama about drug addiction and sex and stuff like that. But it's with like teenagers, and uh, one of them, one of the characters in the show, uh, 
in one of the early episodes, she realizes that even though she's a little bit overweight, people find her attractive. She starts doing cam girl stuff. And you see her first one, and there's this guy on there. He's like an overweight dude, and he's like, um, he basically goes like, pulls down his pants and shows her his tiny dick. And he shows it all. And he asks, and when she laughs, goes like, yeah, yeah, keep on doing it. And so she's, her whole video is her mocking him for his tiny dick. And I see this stuff every once in a while. I see like weird casting and things. Like, what is it like to be cast as a guy with a small dick? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you go up to your family members and say, hey, or not probably not family members, friends go like, you know, you made fun of me for my small dick. It got me a, a TV role. I'm famous now. I just, or are you super ashamed yeah. of it? What is uh, it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, um, <clears throat> I mean, at least I guess Euphoria is like a, a fictional TV show. And maybe you have some leeway there to just be like, oh. But they showed everything. I he pulled down his pants and he showed you his... Unless they did like a reverse Dirk Diggler from like Boogie Nights where they gave him a prosthetic big dick. They gave him a prosthetic small <laughs> dick. I'm not sure how that works. I mean, they could do stuff. I, they made, uh, you know, Chris Evans look all scrawny in Captain America. Yeah, but that looked really fake. And this show, it's like, a, it's a low-budget drama. <laughs> yeah, I have no like, idea. At least you could claim that. Yeah, and Chris uh, Evans at least had, like, the actors, so you can see that the guy didn't have another scene after that was done where he goes, like, my dick grew huge now and I'm a superhero. <laughs> I just mean that they can do stuff. I mean, any, any time I've seen this stuff, uh, even if it's, like, the, the dumpy loser friend or anything like that, something much smaller than Euphoria, I was wondering what it's like, like, my, the agent calls him up and says, like, I got the perfect role for you. You fit this so well. <laughs> You're going to be this pathetic, sad sack. It's yeah. perfect for you. No one's going to want to fuck you. They're, you're Just look at you. We're going to get a laugh from the audience. It's going to be perfect. I, I've never thought about it on the movie side. I usually think about it on the commercial side. When like someone's like in a commercial of like, I can't get an erection anymore. It's like, I mean, it happens, but it's just, I, it, I struggle. Maybe because... I got teased in high school about things to imagine putting myself in a situation. Yeah, I'm on a commercial like day. I don't have an erection anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know why when you said that, that this popped in my head. I want a version of the I can't get an erection anymore, but it's like an infomercial thing. It's like the guy's like in black <laughs> or white fumbling around with his dick. I can't get an erection anymore. Yeah, those those commercials <laughs> <laughs> the, the before before button. just black and white yeah exactly we need, any average every advertisement needs that i feel like those are the best commercials they stick with you and they make i mean they make you so happy i don't need these boring like artsy commercials like these fucking uh cologne ads they had during the holidays uh where a guy's like looking at an ad of himself on like a on a on a on a, on a uh, building and then suddenly he's in a swimming pool and then, like, they're saying stuff in a weird language, and then, like, suddenly the cologne ad comes up. I want to see a guy going, like, I smell horrible! And then they give out, give him the cologne. Uh, the black and white, but that would be this guy just walks by and, like, three people just faint. <laughs> That's the kind of over-the-top, And like, then And then he smells his armpit and also faints. Like, arms up. 
And he goes, huh? Oh. <laughs> okay, so yeah, those are a couple things I was just thinking about this week that I thought would be worth uh, mentioning because it's fucking insane that <laughs> I don't know how people do that stuff. All right, let's get into some entertainment news. Uh, like, I, I, I'm not saying I'm sure if I said this on the show or before the show because it all blends together with me. Not a lot of news this week in entertainment, but I found a few things. You'd think since I was off for like a month and a half that there would be like a lot of news, but I also don't remember what I talked about on the last show, so I don't want to repeat myself. Uh, something cool, uh, Marvel announced they're doing a shit ton of shows. She-Hulk, Moon Knight, uh, they also did a bunch of Star Wars things, stuff like that. Uh, but the one that uh, got the newest news about is Moon Knight coming out. They have already cast their lead in the show. Uh, Oscar Isaac is going to play Mark Spector Moon Knight. Now, I am not a big... I don't know jack shit about Moon Knight. I know he's very popular with, uh, with certain people who go like, he's the Batman of the, of the Marvel Universe. I know what he looks like. He appears in a few Avengers costumes, but I don't know much about him at all. But some people are really excited. You, for years... We're my go-to comic book expert. Do you know anything about Moon Knight? Uh, I shouldn't be your go-to comic expert. Probably better off with research that. Uh, but because I mostly was an X-Men guy. Um, but uh, I know I don't I don't know very much about Moon Knight either. Uh, I'm excited about the show because I don't know much about Moon Knight. Same here. Uh, and uh, I feel like it's going to be kind of fun and different direction than a lot of the, the normal Marvel stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, can't help you too much on that. Well, plus Oscar, about the casting. Oscar Isaac is a fantastic actor. I, I, I didn't like him as Poe, yeah. but I feel like that's more the writing. Like he was like Poe was just basically if they made like a made for TV version of Han Solo, just wasn't that interesting. Uh, <laughs> but uh I like him as an actor, so I don't. I don't blame him. I blame the writing. Uh, and I, I feel like uh, I, they haven't really released any of these versions, the MCU Disney Plus shows. But so far, all all the Netflix shows, including Iron Fist, which eventually got good, I've enjoyed. So I'm excited for this, and hopefully it'll be like I didn't read comic books until Daredevil came out, and then I've read basically everything Daredevil because of this. I'm hoping maybe Moon Knight will be the same thing. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, I kind of feel like that's what they they would hope too, right? Uh, yeah, that's got to be a good thing for them to get people interested in the comics. Uh, next story. Uh, were you a fan of Dexter? Uh, I was, uh, and I made it through seven seasons. I failed before the last. Okay, uh, I I understand. I watched all of it, but uh, it wasn't good at the end. <laughs> I think it it stopped it it. Peaked at season four, had a bad season five. I liked season six, and then it got bad again. Uh, yeah, that's how I felt too. Well, they are. Do you know that they're bringing it back? I did hear that for like a ten episode yeah. run or something. Like Hoping that. to redeem the series from what it turned into in the end, with him becoming a lumberjack and ditching his kid, which is just fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they have announced who the villain is going to be in this this uh, season. And I'm excited because I think this guy's a great actor, even though he's in one. Of, he's the villain in one of my least favorite movies of all time. Clancy Brown is going to be the villain in this movie, a series. And I think that's awesome. For those of you who don't know, right. Right. he was Kill Kilgore Killmonger in uh, 
in out out Highlander, Highlander. And he was also uh Krusty Krab and Lex Luthor. He's uh, done a lot of voice acting, usually kind of <laughs> similar voices. Uh he was recently in Billions. He's a fantastic actor besides Highlander. Uh so I'm excited. I think he's almost good in everything. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do, I think I only have like uh, one more story, really. Oh, two more stories. Let's do two. Uh, Michael Keaton has been announced he's going to be taking over the, as the main Batman in the DC Extended Universe, which is very weird because they, they, they got a, they have Robert Pattinson's going to be playing young Batman, his own series, not connected to DCU or EU until probably they do like a multiverse thing. And then... Uh, Ben Affleck is going to be, and Michael Keaton are both going to be in the new Flash movie, but Ben Affleck has, there's no intention to move Ben Affleck beyond that movie. And apparently, Keaton's going to be like the Nick Fury of the DC Extended Universe. So he's not going to be like the like a main character, I don't think. He's going to be like, just in shit. DC is a mess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had a more elegant way to saying that but no yeah i just i never quite understand what they're doing um people for years have been wanting think... a, a batman beyond movie and he'd be perfect as old man bruce wayne he's already got the old man thing going why not that why make him in put him in shove him into this universe yeah i don't know i mean that's a great point like that would be great to do batman beyond have him be old bruce uh that's exactly what that kind of stuff is for. Uh, I don't know. I guess they they don't have like a, a, a Kevin Feige to just like be in charge and make decisions, or they do and then they fire them because they're not making good decisions. Yeah. And so they just keep changing their mind or something. That's what's happened. Yeah, and they're 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 very like there's no consistent uh, direction this is going. It's so weird. Like, like I didn't hate Wonder Woman eighty four despite what some people thought about it, especially those people who thought that Patty Jenkins should never work again. You're fucking stupid. But, uh, like, Wonder Woman, uh, one, uh, like, Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman set up that Wonder Woman had basically been in seclusion since the first movie and Batman v Superman. You didn't see her. And yet, she's in a fucking mall in the first scene of the new one, just battling out in full gear. I'm like, uh, this doesn't really look like she's She's in people's minds, the, but she does put up her fingers and do like a whisper sign to some people. So maybe that gets away with it, even though there's a full mall full of people. It's just a little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it, Wonder Woman. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what why they can't get their, uh, their stuff going because they... Like it seems like it would just be so simple. Even if there's movies that aren't as good, to just be like, hey, uh, let's let's just keep some stuff consistent. Let's build excitement. Let's put things together uh, instead of just like we'll just keep doing things and being like, oh, we can do that Marvel thing with no setup or or, or prep work whatsoever. Yeah, they got they got too eager. Was definitely the one of their biggest problems. Like, they wanted to skip the... Like, Marvel took years to get to the Avengers. They did, like, Man versus Super, uh, Man Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League. Like, that's not that's not taking your time. Yeah, and, like, it's hard to imagine this now, but at the time, 
no one was like, I mean, I'm sure there's some comic book fans, but for the most part, the general public is not an Iron Man fan. No. Right? Like, no, most people did not care about Iron Man. And but it, yeah. they took the time to make us care about Iron Man. And somehow, more than anyone, almost anyone else in the Avengers, Iron Man kind of became, like, the, the face of the whole thing. It made sense. And we cared. Whereas, if DC had done it, I, Iron Man would debut like Cyborg or something, you know, in the midst of uh, the Justice League movies, and then you just have to care then, you know? Yeah, what, what Marvel does is they take, like, uh, they take character development and they make these important moments in these movies, where DC, like, shoves in a moment like, this sounds like character development, Martha, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense for him to say this right here. No, it doesn't. <laughs> they don't earn their, their revelations. And I've seen... But you know what? Here's the thing. They've earned every single one of my dollars for every single one of these movies because I've seen them all in theaters. So that works for them, I guess. There's people like me. They can't not see a comic book film in theaters. Except for Wonder Woman 84 because I, I don't want to get the plague. But yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel like... Yeah. But okay, I was going to... I forgot. This is one of the third topics I was going to talk about in the beginning of the show. What do you think about the people that are going... Uh, Let's cancel Patty Jenkins because she made a bad movie. She can no longer work again. Well, uh, my first thought is I'm thankful I haven't really seen that. It means I've curated my internet very well. Uh, oh, I, I, live in, people... I live in comment sections. Oh, my poor sweet child. Um, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, <laughs> articles into the article. Um, don't go down. But I have seen people kind of be like, see, she's not as great as we all thought she was. Um, and that may be true. I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's made one movie that I've, two, I've only seen. I've only seen two movies of hers, so I can't really judge. Yeah, uh, but that's another thing is like great directors have made shitty movies. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, so even if Wonder Woman 84 is... You know, one of the worst movies ever made. It's not even the worst DC really movie ever made. To, well, yeah, that's a... The bar is so low in DC. Uh, I've only enjoyed two movies I've seen, and that's the first Wonder Woman and Shazam. Those are the two legitimately good yeah. ones, yeah. I, I like a few of the other ones, but don't love. But those, but Shazam and Wonder Woman are great. So, yeah. Uh, so it's... I get the sense, and here's the other thing I heard too. A lot of the reason I think the original Wonder Woman was good is because um, the studio thought it was going to flop and didn't care about it and just was planning to let it flop. And uh, it kind of feels like there's no oversight. And now that it was successful, I'm sure they got their little grubby hands all over Wonder Woman 84. A funny thing with that, the only the main thing that people have a problem with with the first Wonder Woman is the third act finale. You know, with her fighting in the CG uh -huh. battle with um, uh, Ares, I think I can't. It's been a while since I watched the movie. That was the only thing yeah, that 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 was something Patty Jenkins didn't want in there. That was shoved down her throat by the studio. The worst part of the movie, which makes sense when you think about that. Yeah, and it's it isn't good. Uh, the third act does hurt it a bit because it just doesn't feel like any of the stakes are real. Like I don't know what the capabilities of either side are. So it just kind of feels like, uh, you know, like when a little kid's trying to tell you a story and just like, and then the dragon did this. And then I, you know, like, <laughs> like people can just do stuff and you have to be like, Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Not alone. Uh, that, that's great, Timmy. 
um, so yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's funny. If that's the bad thing, then uh, that makes a lot of sense. They're like, no, we gotta have a big cool fight against a big cool thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, let's do one more story. Sorry, my show's not one hundred percent planned out. It's kind of like, do I want to do this or not? And I make those decisions on the air, uh, even though I can edit stuff later, but I don't edit. This is all going in. Uh, <laughs> the last story I wanted to cover is uh, Alfred Molina looks like he will reprise his role of Doc Ock in the next Spider-Man film. Now, we already have Jamie Foxx's Electro, if, uh, Alfred Molina, and then there's rumors that the other Spider-Man are in there, but I haven't heard anything confirmed, and I don't believe that. Uh, what do you think about them trying to stuff all this stuff into the third Spider-Man movie in the MCU? Well, the Doctor Strange movie being in, like a multiverse movie um, makes me think they're going in on this. Uh, and I think that's actually, like, I'm all for it. I want to get weird. Uh, my one complaint about Marvel is they do have a bit of a formula, you know? Yes. Their movies are usually always good, but not... Uh, amazing because they're, they're they're playing it safe. So I'll say that's like, usually I'm most true. Getting weird. I say that's more true for the the first movie in a franchise. Almost every first movie, Ant Man, Iron Man, Black Panther, uh, whatever, Doctor Strange, even to extent, they face an evil version of themselves, and it's very like formulaic yeah, on there. I think usually a- they they get a little bit better once they're past the first one. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> The, that's kind of a, uh, a Marvel movie issue in general. And it is something that bothers me. It's really my only like mark against Black Panther. Um, the fight being like, oh, you're fighting a slightly more powerful version of yourself or, or an equally powerful version of yourself, uh, which they rely on way too much. But um, yeah, like this is um, like, I'm excited for it. Every time I hear these kind of rumors and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I want to see what they do. I want multiverse men. I'm cool with uh, villains. I don't want them to bring in the other Spider-Man just yet because we just had Into the Spider-Verse the cartoon and it seems like they just go like well that was really good. Let's just copy that. It's like no, we, we, we have that. Do your own thing. Yeah, I mean it really depends how they do it. Uh, if we're seeing you know uh, um, Doc Ock in his universe with Toby Maguire before something brings Doc Ock to the, the MCU, uh, then I'm fine with that kind of thing. Um, I think they're smarter than that. Uh, I hope they're smarter than that. <laughs> to, just, to just rip off uh, into the Spider-Verse. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. All right. I, every time I see all those stories, I get a little bit nervous because I think they're just going to rip it off. But I, I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to do something better than that all right yeah. well that's all the entertainment news uh now usually i do like a game or something like this afterwards but um i like i said at the beginning of the show matt was just going through all the series and yeah most of the time you when i asked you about comic stuff it was when i was younger it was about the x-men because that is your your franchise and so i thought it'd be cool to get your idea on the entire franchise of the fox movie universe before marvel redoes it in a few years or the MCU W does in a few years. So what do you think, um, what was your thought when they first announced they're going to be making these movies and you saw the first X-Men movie? Um, I, 
I'm not sure what the um, what my first thought was at this point. Uh, Were you already a fan of the comics or the first X Men movie? Yes, I was a fan of the comics uh, and a fan um, because I hadn't rewatched it since I was a kid. But I was a fan of the '90s X Men TV show. Really bad. I like it, but <laughs> did not know that. Um, and I'm not sure of the timeline, but at the time I was also uh, around that time I was watching X Men Evolution. I think that came out after the first movie. Though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but my first thoughts, uh, or just kind of general feeling, was I actually wasn't that excited to see it um, because before that movie, uh, there was like Superman and Batman, and then superhero movies were pretty bad. Oh yeah, I've seen some of them. Uh, uh, if if it wasn't those, so I just uh, and if I recall, the trailer looked a little weird to me and. I was younger and more of, uh, I guess, more of like an actually nerd. Uh, so there are things where I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. Were, um, so like, you're, were you upset about the, the costumes and, uh, and some character personality not, traits? Not so much that. It was more so the composition of the team. Oh, because it wasn't the first uh, class. Yeah, well, even the first class or, sure, they might jump ahead because they want more interesting X-Men. Um, but, like, it wasn't that, right? Like, that clearly wasn't the backstory coming into it. So it was just, it was a little weird to me. Was like, uh, I thought they were just kind of playing it, I guess, cheap, I guess, at the time. Like, oh, we'll just pick a couple of Did you like it when you saw uh, it? I did end up enjoying it when I saw it. Uh, and, um, like nitpicks aside um, and everything, uh, I ended up being like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And it got me really uh, excited for, for X2, which I think is one of the most, uh, one of the mo- biggest movies I've ever been hyped for, like the most hyped I've gotten for a movie when I was younger was when X2 was coming out. And, uh, I actually, me and two of my friends um, ditched a couple periods of class to go see it Friday morning. Uh, we couldn't do the Thursday, like, midnight showing. So next best thing was to skip school and see it in theaters. Um, and Nightcrawler is my favorite uh, X-Men character, my favorite comic book character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took exactly 10 minutes for that movie to be, like, <laughs> best thing i'd ever seen <laughs> yeah so, x2 still holds up x-men one i think is is a fine movie and i think it, i gave it i think it deserves some credit because the superhero craze was not going i think x-men kicked it off and spider-man kicked in shortly after with that but we wouldn't have the mcu if it wasn't for the original x-men movie yeah i mean because fox and sony bought the rights for uh, x-men and spider-man in the like, I think the late '90s when Marvel was going bankrupt, so they sold off their movie rights to a bunch of studios to stay afloat. Yeah, I read about I that. Recall. Also, makes sense after reading a bunch of comics. The '90s are terrible in comics, so of course they're doing bad. Yeah, uh, if you don't like big weird 
futuristic guns and pouches. The 90s aren't the best time. Also, everything's like overly dramatic and like super macho. Yeah. Yep. Um, like the giant future gun. <laughs> the bigger the gun, the cooler. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, those early X Men movies. Um, and <clears throat> I liked them so much that even though at the time I was very disappointed in X3, I didn't remember exactly how bad it was. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, I remember being mad when that movie came out. Uh, for one thing, I was a bit, when I was younger, I still like him. Cyclops was my favorite X-Men. And besides the first movie, mm-hmm. I don't think they ever used Cyclops right. Uh, the first movie, I thought he actually did a pretty good job. Number two, he's almost barely in it. Number three, they killed him off after crying for five minutes in the beginning of the movie, and that's it. So X3 pissed me off, at, like, right in the beginning. Uh, and then it's just, a, everything's bad. There's not, there's not really, there might be a few good moments, but for overall, it's a terrible movie. The thing with X-Men 3 is the Cyclops thing didn't piss me off only because I had been reading the the news about it going into it, and I knew that um, uh, he was going to do, do Superman Returns. Yeah. Uh, Why would you give up being Cyclops so you could be Lois Lane's boyfriend? <laughs> um, uh, why am I blanking on his name, uh, the actor? James Marsden. James Marsden. I kept wanting to say Harden, and I was like, that's wrong. Uh, James Marsden. So I knew he wasn't going to be in it. Uh, and then they're like, they got him to come film a thing to make it make sense. And honestly, he puts in probably the best acting in that entire movie. Like him just kind of like being a little broken and him uh, uh, telling Wolverine basically to go fuck himself. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think he's an underrated actor. I usually enjoy him in almost everything I see with him. Almost. He does some shitty stuff, too. But uh, I just felt like he was underserved yeah. by the scripts. Oh, yeah, 100%. And the second one, uh, which was fine, uh, I, but I do wish we got, if they were going to mind-control Cyclops, like, let's have some more mind-controlled Cyclops doing shit, you know? Yeah, he's just kind of, he's kind of just missing post- most of the movie. Right. He shows up at the very end controlled trying to kill Jean. Uh, so, okay, so, so basically X3 comes out. You hated it, I hated it, everybody hated it. And mo- at the time, when, back back in the day, movies pretty much ended after three movies anyway. So we pre- pretty much seemed like that was going to be the end of it. And then they just continued on and they started doing Wolverine Origins in first class. I think Origins yeah, first, though. <clears throat> Well, the original plan was they wanted to do prequels, and they announced X-Men Origins Wolverine and X-Men Origins Magneto. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine was what it was. Um, <laughs> and uh, because of like it doing poorly, they scrapped X-Men Origins Magneto, and uh, that script is what was eventually turned into first. Class. They also scrapped, there was a plan to do a spinoff of Deadpool, and they scrapped that as, as well at the time. Right, yeah, that was also supposed to branch off of Origins Wolverine. So I had never seen, when Origins came out, I had never heard of Deadpool before, so I didn't get the backlash that that character had. But as a fan of the character, what did you think when you saw that movie? 
I guess uh, I I don't exactly like have the same like seeding hatred for the fact that they like sewed his mouth shut or whatever. I it kind of makes sense in the like striker hates him talking kind of way. I just hate that they decided that he needed a different origin. Um, him trying to cure his cancer, I think, is like very key to yeah. what he is. Uh, so, like, making him another mind-controlled super mutant and giving him, like, Cyclops' powers and stuff on top of his healing um, and teleportation, they gave that to him, too. And he had the skeleton. He had, he had the blade arms, didn't he? It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, I don't it. know if he had a full skeleton or just the blade arms, but... That was another just random weird shit. Did they ever justify like was that was Deadpool before or after Days of Future Past? Did they ever justify how it's possible that he had two origins, or did this go like fuck it? Because I think this is the beginning of them them not making sense. Uh, so kind of yeah. Uh, Days of Future Past is their way to say you don't have to worry about the timeline anymore. <laughs> Um, because it's different now that the past was changed. Because all that stuff didn't happen in the 70s. Yeah, which made no uh, sense, but I think Wade Wilson would have still been much older by the... They, his, his new movies were made in the present, and like his stuff took place right. in the past, so he should be much older. If you don't watch X-Men Origins Wolverine, the timeline makes a lot more sense. Okay. Because, yeah, that, that, whole, that throws everything because into the, flux. Not only does that throw it off, like, there's a Sabretooth in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and there's a Sabretooth in X-Men 1 who's clearly not yes. the same person. Yes. And I think, um, like, you see bald, older-looking uh, Xavier, like, just a few yeah. years before events where we would see him much older, or, or just different, or just different from uh, James Marsden's, I think it was. And I think they went past that later, that age later on in the movies. It's just all fucking weird. Yeah, his his cameo in that also screws up uh, based on the uh, McAvoy timeline. So, what do you uh, what do you think of uh, of First Class? Because I I love that movie. I know it's I haven't watched it since I've read comics, but at least before I read comics, I loved that movie. Uh, First Class is good. Uh, to me, it was like. Uh, it kind of feels like Force Awakens a little bit in that uh, at the time I just was like, all right, this is good. They're trying to cleanse themselves of some past mistakes and they did a good job with it. Let's see where they go. Um, and unfortunately for both of those movies, uh, they're a little bit worse in retrospect because nothing they set up was followed up on. Yeah. Um, now, Days of Future Past is one of the best X-Men movies. I'll say, yeah, it's probably uh, probably second or third best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, though, like, all the all the things, like, the end of First Class is, like, Magneto building his first brotherhood, uh, and it shows him in his, the only time we see it in the whole series, in his red 
not like a very dark magenta, but like a red outfit as he breaks Emma Frost out of prison. And you go like, okay, here's his first brotherhood, him, Mystique, and then uh, Az Azazel, um, uh, you know, and now Emma Frost. And then Days of Future Past is like, oh no, they all died in these in the ten years between this movie. That's so such a weird uh, choice. I think Havoc was the only one who's still alive from like the the crew, and then like uh, and then uh, Mystique, of course, because she took over the franchise as the lead, basically. Yeah, she was she was the second generation of movies Storm. I think uh, she was better or, than Storm. I hated Halle Berry as Storm. Well, I just mean in like she was a small role, smaller role in the first one, but a key part of it, and then became more and more the center of focus in the next two movies. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I thought Fastbender uh might be the best but my my favorite character in the franchise as Magneto, especially in those first two movies, he kind of got diluted by Apocalypse and uh, Phoenix, but he was so good. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe how good they did both times with Magneto. Yeah. Uh, between Fassbender and McKellen. Oh yeah. I think he's the only one I like both versions a lot. I, I, I like James McAvoy's Xavier, but I don't love it. And I, I don't like young beast. I love older beast, even though he's in one of the shittiest movies. <laughs> But a Magneto is brilliant both times. Yeah. Um, there's some people who nailed it. Um, and, uh, like, uh, I really like um, Elliot Page's Kitty. Um, didn't get to do a whole lot in yeah. either. Um, but, as, again, that's one of my favorite, favorite comic book characters. Uh, did a great job. Um, trying to think. Uh, uh, Alan Cumming uh, is a phenomenal Nightcrawler. Uh, the younger one is good too, but not nearly as like absolutely perfect. I'm not really big on the younger version of both him and Cyclops, especially. I don't like either of those versions, but I I, I like the older versions. I I don't think I'm a fan most of most of the younger ones. Besides, like I like Xavier and I love uh, I I love Magneto. Uh, something that upset me, I'm not sure what you thought about this. I thought, especially when Days of Future Past came out, that they were going to go back and forth. That they were going to have young movies and old movies. And I was excited about that. Especially, but every time they announced a new movie, it was always a young group. And I'm like, dude, uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are old as fuck. Let's get them in these movies before they die. And every single time, I was like, stop doing this. Yeah, well, I mean, the old one... Uh, the only time they went back to the old timeline was for Logan. Um, Logan, and, and they did the Wolverine. Was Wolverine before or after? Oh, Wolverine was right before Days of Future Past, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. So, the Wolverine was kind of their... Uh, I think that was pretty much going side by side with First Class. Because okay. They were going to... It sounded like they were their original plan was to kind of split... Um, not necessarily old and new, but the Wolverine, uh, Hugh Jackman branch from the, the rest of the X-Men. So they the X-Men movies wouldn't be focused on him. Uh, like, that's why his only cameo is just telling uh, Xavier and Magneto to go fuck themselves. Uh, it was a good moment. I like that moment. It, it is a great moment. And it, it mattered. It, it matters more than them breaking Emma Frost out of prison. Yes. Because 
Xavier literally says, wait, I remember you. You told me to go fuck off <laughs> in the next movie. That that cameo means more than Emma Frost in first class. Do you think they just didn't bring her back because she was terrible? Or, like, but I feel like they should have just cast somebody else then. She was an important character. I mean, I'm not a big January Jones fan, uh, but... I wasn't, like, beating my head against the desk, you know, while watching her, either. I feel it's like the, she's made to play one character, and that's it's Betty Draper from Mad Men, and that's it. They basically cast a character around the way she acts as a person, or at least her tone as a person. Yep. Uh, so I just, yeah. I never buy her as anything else. And she wasn't good, <laughs> and she wasn't good in Mad Men, it just fit her. Yeah. I never went, uh, like, wow, I she's so good. Fantastic in Mad uh, it's only later that I realized that's what she does. <laughs> uh, yes, but I actually liked the Wolverine. I know that's that's split with people. I actually think that's one of the good X Men movies. Uh, I think it is good. And going into the uh, into this rewatch, it's the only one I hadn't seen before. Um, so I was excited about it. Um, and uh, I've. I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I I knew very little about it other than it was Wolverine's uh, adventures in Japan, which has always been a big thing uh, in the comics uh, for him. And I was blown away by how much Gene was in it. <laughs> uh, uh, was not expecting that at all. And um, ultimately, like, when I recommend my like watching order to people i say if you're really into the movies you gotta watch like first class and wolverine are you should watch otherwise i would probably skip it it doesn't really affect much as far as like the overall x-men story goes it barely even and makes sense very, like like exactly really, sorry uh, i was just say and it also is really dependent on X-Men 3, like, directly follows up the events of X-Men 3 with his dreams and his, like, having killed Jean and all that. Yeah, it also, like, confuses me. Okay, I remember, I I stayed up to the credits in X-Men 3, and a man in a coma that got beaten up at a skee-ball place or some shit like that wakes up as Charles Xavier in in his body. And then he shows up in the end of Wolverine... And he looks exactly the same as he's always looked. As like, shouldn't he look like somebody else? That made no sense to me. The, yeah, this whole thing is like full really of contradiction. But even uh, even when he wakes up, he's speaking in Patrick Stewart's voice. Yes, so, I don't know. Maybe he's just like projecting an image of himself into people's brains. I don't know. Uh, but then also like that'd be funny. Days of Future Past, uh, like. There must be a huge time jump because, like, they need him at the end of Wolverine because something very bad is happening. And then, like, Days of Future Past, the world's ending. Yeah, that, I mean, Days of Future Past does take place in the future. So, in, like, 30 years or so between those two movies, shit has gone real, real bad real quick. So, uh, we got, after Days of Future Past, we then have, uh, we then have Apocalypse, and we have Dark Phoenix. These are, in my opinion, not good chapters in this series. Yeah, um, I do want to 
uh, oh, Deadpool. Point out two things before we sure. uh, jump ahead to that. Yeah, one of them is uh, we should talk a little bit about Deadpool, and the other thing is uh, so after we finished watching Days of Future Past, um, Lisa had an absolute fit because in the credits, uh, Anna Paquin is uh, credited higher than uh, Sean Ashmore. Uh, Elliot Page, people who are in the movie more than just a few seconds at the end when Wolverine sees the fixed future time. And so Lisa was like, what? Why why the fuck is she credited as if she's in this movie? Uh, And we found out she was in the movie and it was cut. And they released the rogue cut. I was going to say that. that, That's Uh, ridiculous. Which we watched, even though we had already watched Days of Future Past. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a week before we watched it again with the road cut i thought you know what it's actually probably good we'll actually notice all the changes and other than it being a little weird pacing wise i actually enjoyed it a lot and i think it's kind of disappointing that they cut that stuff out oh yeah because uh, i've never been a big fan of anna paquin's rogue i i just found her annoying well there's a moment in days of future past which uh when Wolverine sees Stryker in the past, he like starts to lose it, and she has to strain extra hard to keep him in the. Uh, Kitty has to strain extra hard to keep him in the past, and uh, <clears throat> as Wolverine like is getting like angrier, he like uh, thrashes a bit and uh, takes out his claws and like stabs Kitty, mm-hmm. uh, and then like for the rest of the movie she's like bleeding, trying to stay focused, uh, and, and then that never ends up meaning anything. Um, but in the Rogue cut, they go to rescue Rogue from the like the evil Sentinel area or whatever. Um, I don't know who's in charge of the dark future, but <laughs> uh, they go to rescue her uh, to take over for Kitty. Oh, I thought they just cut to her because because uh, Rogue was also sliced up by Wolverine before. I thought she'd just go like, "I can relate." <laughs> That's it. No, because she wasn't there. She isn't in Days of Future Past. Well, the, I thought she was just staying off in the corner, and in the Rogue version, they show the corner. Um, but yeah, uh, and there's a whole like, there's a whole different thing that goes on with Iceman uh, that was cut. There's like a whole Iceman storyline that's cut. Um, so I highly recommend. I will. I'll look that up sometime. I probably won't buy it. Well. Because I think they're putting them all up on like HBO Max, or no, they're putting up all on Disney Plus right now. So I'm probably just gonna watch Disney Plus versions because I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Deadpool. Uh, those movies came out. Uh, what did you think? Uh, so at the time, the first Deadpool was like a revelation. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I loved the first Deadpool. Um, and. And I was very excited for the second one. And uh, I thought the second one was very good, but not as good as the first one. See, I like the second one more. I Well, that's what I'm going to say. When I rewatched it, the second one blew the first one away for me. Well, I think my big problem with Deadpool, and I, I do enjoy Deadpool, but I didn't like it as much as everybody else did, was I felt like they showed pretty much the entire movie in the trailer. Uh, like, like pretty much every moment, a lot of it's on that freeway, just jumping back and forth to that freeway sequence. And they showed basically the highlights on the trailer. So the whole time I was watching it, I was like, 
there's no surprises to me. I've seen all this. Where Deadpool 2 was a little bit more of a surprise. Well, here's the other thing. Well, a lot of the stuff that was really good about the first Deadpool, um, some of their like fourth wall breaking stuff and some of the jokes uh, are still like etched into my memory. And some of them were in the trailer too. Um, and they're like classic, amazing jokes. So watching the first one again, um, I didn't really laugh watching it again uh, because the best jokes were so memorable that I knew that like I remembered them all. And the movie kind of relied on like a couple of home runs scattered throughout uh, as far as uh, like entertainment. Whereas the second one is like, I was laughing the whole time. There's a lot of stuff I didn't remember. It was, it was like a higher floor of comedy the whole way through. The juggernaut uh, so sequence is amazing. On, yeah. It's, it's not just relying on like these home runs and jokes that are kind of sprinkled throughout. What do you think of, uh, uh, what do they call it? Fridging the, the, the Morena Baccarin, like killing her off and then making it so like the whole movie is just about revenge for that thing. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it didn't bother me. It kind of like pushes him where he goes and he actually, uh, unlike the first one where they joke about character development and then decide no, um, which is fine because the first one is all about subverting stuff. Like he actually has character development. Yeah, I didn't. A lot of people got really upset about that, about her death, and said that that shouldn't be a motivation. They use it too much. But I feel like if it's done well enough, every story has been told before. If it's done well enough, it's good. Who cares if it's a if it's an overdone trope? Yeah, I think the like bridging a girlfriend or a wife or whatever is uh, a lot of times a crutch, an easy way to like make give stakes, I guess, to uh, a comic, as much as, like, someone sleeping with someone in a soap opera, yeah, you know, or whatever. Like, there's there's these crutches that you can rely on, but it didn't really feel like that. It kind of was, like, an excuse to give a Deadpool who's just, like, wants to die <laughs> in a way. Oh, I forgot um, about the suicide sequence where he tries over and over well, again to I mean, kill himself. Yeah. Uh, his... His desire, like, he's lost his desire for life, and he's a guy who heals, so he can't die. Uh, which is an interesting, dramatic uh, struggle for someone who's essentially invulnerable, physically. Yeah. I I, I also, I, I really enjoyed uh, Josh Brolin's Cable. I liked the, the younger kid that he had to protect. I thought the whole thing of the second one is it's a fantastic movie. Oh, and this X-Force thing that they teased so hard X-Force. was brilliant. I love I love that in the trailer, X-Force was do, doing stuff on the street. They added scenes that weren't in the movie. Oh, yeah. They, they lied to us happen. so hard. They lied in the trailer. Yeah, the only one who survived was Domino, and she was fantastic. I don't care oh. that she was the wrong skin color like everybody on the fucking inter- internet did. She was a great character. Who gives a fuck? No, they first of all, uh, I forget what that's called, vitiligo or something like that, that skin condition where I don't know. dark skin with like white splotches. Um, that was a great way to explain another like 90s 
weird character choice where people have weird stuff <laughs> going on. Uh, and they just inverted it. Yeah, that's uh, all they did. It worked. It, it, it didn't, it yeah, it worked. I thought she was so much fun. And especially the sequence, she's like, my powers, I have luck powers. She's like, that's not a power. And then they showed <laughs> it in such a cool way. Yeah. Uh, and that's true in the comics, too, of like, like uh, this power's dumb. She just says luck. It was the commentary where like, uh, Ryan Reynolds is essentially like critiquing the comic. Shatterstar, who was one of the dumbest things of the 90s, and him just being like, oh, yeah, my powers, I'm basically better at everything than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that, all that stuff is oh, so primo. Every I, moment with Shatterstar was like a big fu to that. Do you think that, like, they have announced that they actually are going to work on uh, Deadpool three under the Disney umbrella? Do you think that's going to work? Uh, it's another thing that I think can be done really well uh, because Deadpool can break the fourth wall. Uh, I think he can he can fit in because I know that they want to kind of avoid mutants for a little while. They don't want to bring those in because it's going to really kind of shake up what they've established in the MCU. Yes. Uh, but bringing in Deadpool is fine because uh, he can acknowledge that, you know, in a fun way. Yeah, he can just do a throwaway line and it's justified. It's not going to be written by right. the same people, though. It's going to be written by one of the writers of Bob's Burgers. Which is interesting. Interesting. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know if they're going to be able to recapture the magic with different people, uh, with different restrictions. I th- heard they're still going to be R, but like, how how hard R is Disney going to let them go? So I'm, I'm just, I'm dubious, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'll see it. Well, I'll see it. Uh, That's a comic book yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, unless it gets to the point where everyone's like, you know, barfing. <laughs> just how bad it is. Uh, there, there's been some close. Serious. I almost barfed during Batman v Superman. I was like, this is so bad. Why is he saying, why'd you say that name? So <laughs> um, yeah, uh, re-watching that, Deadpool 1 doesn't have the staying power that the second one does at all. Okay, so now we're past, the, we've done the last good one. There's two more regular ones, and then you didn't see New, New Mutants, right? The... The whimper of a finale? No, uh, I kept considering it, but um, I basically would have had to pirate it at this point, and I just didn't feel like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I would, I would really wanted to see that movie, but uh, the more I heard about, it, I'm gonna see it eventually. But hopefully, it'll be on Disney Plus. They said at first it was going to be connected to the MCU, like once Disney bought it, like we're gonna connect this, and I, I think they're gonna change their mind on that. Well, they they released it in the middle of a pandemic after delaying it uh, three times. So I think they were trying to just throw that in the dirt and pretend it never happened. Oh, yeah. Well, like, first they were like, you have to, uh, there were, they, we made a version of this. It's unreleasable. It's so bad. And the director really liked the version of the movie, but the studio was like, no, you can't release that. We're going to make some changes. So that's why it got delayed. And then eventually the director is like, hey, guess what? They're going to let me put out my version and that's the version got put out, which is the one the studio said is unreleasable. So I don't know what they were thinking. But yeah, probably just like, let's just burn this property. Maybe make a few bucks. Yeah. So what do you think yeah. of, uh, we're, at, we're at Apocalypse next. So uh, Apocalypse is a 
I think it was the last one that Brian Singer did. Uh, and it's by far his worst. Um, because as much of a garbage person as he may be, his, his X-Men movies are usually consistently good. He's uh, made good movies. Just because the person's garbage doesn't mean they didn't make good things in the past. Yeah, other than him like casting a boy toy as Colossus who couldn't act. Uh, and then had to have a bigger part in the in the third X Men movie, and Brett Ratner had to deal with that. Um, <laughs> uh, other than stuff like that, he did good good work. Uh, yeah, the Apocalypse just was like at lightning pace. It kind of reminds me a lot of uh, X Men Three, uh, except the dialogue isn't as bad. See, I thought some of the dialogue was worse. I mean, they had the, maybe not dialogue, but some of the scenes. I, I haven't seen this since I saw it in theaters, but I remember, like, they give origins for costumes. Like, basically, Apocalypse, one of the biggest villains, is, like, making people's costumes. And then they got uh, the origin of why Xavier is bald. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, there has to be a story behind this. It can't just be that he has male pattern baldness. Here's the weirdest fucking thing about Brian Singer. He started this in X Men One with Rogue's hair. He oh, feels yeah. like every X Men with non-standard hair has to be explained. He explains Storm's white hair. Oh, he uh, did. Apocalypse gives her the white hair when he increases her power. I forgot about that. And uh, Xavier's battle with Apocalypse, or like when he's uh, getting his body absorbed, um, that's why he loses his hair. And it's like. Please, someone could just go bald. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's it happens in real life, and like they're mutants. They might Mystique is blue. Someone could just have white hair. Fuck. Steve Some Martin had in real Steve, life. Steve Martin had gray hair when he was like thirty. Yeah, it happens. I don't. Why do you mean? It's a weird Brian Singer thing. He's like this hair. I don't believe it. Got to have the origin. Well, so many, uh, besides Marvel, I don't think the MCU did that that much, but, like, other things decided they have to, like, give origin to stupid things. One of my one of the things that stuck out for me from uh, the, the 2015 or 16 Fantastic Four movie was when they, like, they came up with the name. It's just so forced in there for Fantastic Four. Like, we're, we're kind of fantastic, and there's four of us. Hey, why don't we be the Fantastic Four? Like, you don't come up with the name. Leave that alone. That's like something from the 60s. They were able to get away with that shit. But otherwise, it should be like a stupid like newspaper article or not even mentioned at all. Like they could, it would be yeah. much more funny if like a newspaper article goes like, these Fantastic Four heroes and they go like, that's stupid. Instead of like, hey, I got this great idea. The worst scene in X-Men First Class is them explaining the code names and showcasing the powers of the people they found. So they have this really kind of fringy dialogue where they're all like hanging out at the CIA headquarters and they're like, what can you do? I oh, we should call you this. Uh, uh, I shouldn't just bob my head because we'll be done on a podcast. Yeah. It's okay. It's working for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that kind of stuff is awful. Like Solo had a bunch of that, which I otherwise would enjoy Solo. I love Solo, but yeah, when they gave him his net last name, it was like, couldn't he have just had the last name Solo? Yeah. If you're going by yourself, like, then you're just, Solo. Yeah, we'll go 
And the guy like thinks about it. He's like, I'm gonna put mm, solo. Like, oh, uh, um, not everything yeah. needs so an the, origin. There's a lot of that in Apocalypse, but the dialogue is better in the sense, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't dare ask anyone to watch X3 again, but, <laughs> like, the scenes don't even, like, fully make sense. Like, Storm just goes nuts about taking over the school and we don't need a cure and all this stuff, and she's, like, saying it to Rogue. Uh, and Storm is an empathetic character. Yes. And then, like, in the first movie, uh, Senator Kelly's dying, and he's been, like, nothing but a dickhat for his entire career, and she's, like, over there holding his hand and comforting him. And, uh, and then in the third movie, she's, like, telling Rogue, like, you are you don't need a cure. Like, no, she would, she's a little more self-aware than that. Yes. <laughs> there, are some, there are some anger, like, I feel like Wolverine or some other characters might get a little bit more in her case. But like Storm is the is doesn't thinks with her thinks more calmly understands people more rather more than some of the other characters. Because I've read the I've read the Cure storyline. There are there is a debate about it between the X Men if people should be allowed to do this or if it's wrong. But like just to go like fuck you, Rogue. You don't need a Cure. You're fine. And, right. he, and meanwhile, she just wants to get laid by Iceman and can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like that stuff is like come on. You know, like, come on, this is, this is bad. Like, and it just feels like, it feels like uh, a bad CW show where they're trying to manufacture drama. And it's not earned or, you know, doesn't come out of the character motivations. It's just like, oh, some people need to be for the cure. Some people need to be against the cure. Just plug and play. They didn't, they didn't think about it. Just throw a few names yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, like, I, I really enjoyed in Days of Future Past, the Quicksilver scene I thought was amazing in that, and then in Apocalypse I hated the Quicksilver sequence. Really? Why did you hate it? Because it felt like they forced it in there just because the 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 Quicksilver scene was the main thing people talked about after Days of Future Past came out was how cool that sequence was, and it didn't seem like it did anything in the second. It didn't seem necessary in the second one. It just seemed like oh we need another Quicksilver scene. It seemed like a watered down version, like a like a like. Home Alone 2 is Home Alone with the same jokes that's in a different location. Quicksilver and Apocalypse is just the same thing as Quicksilver and in, 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 uh, First Class, different location. I like the, the scene in the sense of, like, uh, what Quicksilver does. Mm -hmm. uh, what I hate about it is how forced it was to get him in that situation. Yeah. Of, like, him having to decide to, like, look them up. Uh, and go to the mansion uh, just as it's exploding, and he reacts to it in time. And, like that kind of stuff is crazy. He like zips right down to the basement where they are uh, to save basically everyone but Havoc. Uh, who Havoc, by the way, really gets the short end of the stick in the second batch of movies. I don't remember uh, what I've only cameo. seen. I've only seen it once. So I don't remember what happened. I remember him being in Days of Future Past. That's amazing. I didn't. I argued with Lisa that he wasn't in it. Uh, and he is, just very briefly. He's in the camp uh, of uh, people in Vietnam, of like Stryker's unit of mutants fighting in Vietnam. Uh, and that's it. Okay, then I kind of remember very his brief. full thing. Yeah. I thought you said he like died or something like that. In Apocalypse, he dies. 
Oh. He's the reason the mansion explodes. Because, like, he shoots, he tries to shoot, I think he's trying to shoot at Apocalypse, as he, but he goes through the portal. And so he just hits, like, the machine that powers Cerebro, or something like that. And then the mansion starts exploding, and that's when Quicksilver saves everyone except him, because I guess he was too close to the explosion. Yeah, that's, that movie was so bad. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I, I barely remember anything except for just being so upset with how bad it was. And, uh, like nobody acted the way that they've been set up to act like it just it seemed like a bad bad movie and then dark phoenix came out after that again i was like waiting for or actually i think logan came out before dark phoenix but in the main series dark phoenix yeah, came out and it feels like just nobody was excited for the franchise anymore i wanted the older people i didn't want the young people anymore and they kept on pushing them on us now, uh, are you... Yeah, you, uh, so... Go ahead. Uh, the, reason, <clears throat> the reason I know Logan's before uh, Dark Phoenix is because uh, Hugh Jackman's not in Dark Phoenix. That's right, he's uh, like, he's done with the character. And he was, he's basically in everything uh, because of his cameos uh, in, in First Class. Uh, and it, speaking of Wolverine, just while I'm on the topic, uh, another thing I hate about him, Apocalypse is uh, so. Days of Future Past past ends with instead of Striker having Wolverine, uh, it's Mystique. She's the one who fishes him out of the river uh, at the end of Days of Future Past, implying that he might not go through the Weapon X program. Uh, in Apocalypse, they find him. He's like recently adamantized. And there's a huge action sequence, maybe six minutes long or so, where he's like going nuts in there because they release uh, Gene and Scott like release him on everyone to escape that facility, and um, it does nothing for the plot other than to have Wolverine. Yeah, I kind of I remember that sequence. I didn't remember that they contradicted the last ones. I don't have the memory for that, but yeah, that's a uh, that's ridiculous. I. I loved Hugh Jackman in that role, even though he didn't fit the character at all, uh, physically at least. But uh, yeah, Logan, I think, uh, if we go away from Dark Phoenix for a second, because we can finish off with that one. Please. Logan, what is, in my opinion, the best comic book movie ever made. Yes. My favorite comic book movies are Logan and uh, Into the Spider-Verse, uh, which is funny because as a big of an MCU fan as I am, uh, they've been completely outdone by non-MCU yeah. Marvel characters. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> uh, Logan is fantastic. Uh, it was just as good watching it the second time round. Um, and uh, the uh, Laura X uh, debuted in X-Men Evolution, which is the thing I talked about watching earlier. So it kind of feels like I've been there for character's life. Wait, was she in X-Men uh, Evolution before she was in the comics? Yes, she debuted in X-Men Evolution. They created her for that show. I did not know that. Uh, and then they brought her into the comics. So, uh, it was cool to see, like, there's a weird attachment I have to that character that all, I could never have with all the characters that have been created in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, that uh, but I w wasn't really there for it, didn't have the investment, and the, the 90s characters all suck. Um, you don't like Maggot? Uh, 
No, not really. <laughs> um, that's not who I was thinking of. Uh, like, I generally can't stand all like the cable stuff. Uh, although he was great in Deadpool too. But it's so '90s. Like, I've got a metal arm and a big gun and ridiculous powers. Otherwise. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going through the comics right now, and uh, sometimes but, their stories get so convoluted with Bishop and Cable and everything like that that I'm reading a story like right now. I'm like I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Uh, so there's that and the the all the Xavier stuff. It's like a love letter to the the first couple X Men movies, uh, in the sense of like you can kind of see they develop. Uh, honestly, if you watch X1, X2, uh, and Logan, there's, like, nothing missing, if I recall. There's, like, no information from the movies in between that you'd be like, what? I thought uh, that both Patrick Stewart so and Hugh Jackman should have been nominated for Oscars, for the, like, Best Supporting for Patrick Stewart and Best Actor for Hugh Jackman, because they, they both did fantastic performances. Yeah, Patrick Stewart, that's, um, like, Someone who has a who had a grandparent go through Alzheimer's. I'm having the yeah the same uh, thing yeah. Patrick Patrick Stewart is just phenomenal as like uh, this you know as someone who's like going through dementia and like deciding to be like okay what happens to the world's most powerful mind when it starts deteriorating. Um, is fantastic. The scene in uh, at the casino where he tried to freeze everyone because the um, the agents like broke into the room and he's basically killing everyone <laughs> by uh, by proxy. He um, is great, especially later when you hear him uh, remembering essentially what what happened to the X Men, which is that it sounds like he accidentally killed them all. Yeah. Because of his mind doing that same thing, and his last, his last, uh, his last moments uh, before he's killed are tragic. If I remember, I've only seen this one, so I might be remembering this wrong. But there's like a shapeshifter who kills him in the body of Logan, and he thinks that Logan killed him in his last moments. Isn't that true? Or am I wrong? It's not a shapeshifter. The so the the facility that was originally experimenting on the kids, trying to give the kids powers and training them to be like killing machines. Okay, it's a clone. It's a clone. So okay. they made their own. They made their. Own, they're like, we're just going to build a person from scratch and make sure he doesn't have any of those qualms about killing or conscience or anything like that. But still, the 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 gist of what I was saying is true. That his last moments, he thinks he's killed by someone he cares about. I think that's brilliant and beautiful and sad. Yeah, uh, and the reason he is talking in that scene is because he thinks it's Logan. He's like, I, you know, I I just remembered what happened at the like he's. He's confessing all of this, not to Logan. He's confessing all of it to the fake, you know, uh, I think they call him X-24, the fake Logan that they've created in a lab, uh, who then just kills him, which is, yeah, it's terrible and uh, gut-wrenching. I don't think until that moment, because I, I think a, a, a Infinity War came after that, but I don't think until that moment I've seen, like, a superhero movie affect me emotionally i think that was the first one that was like oh my god that really hit me i am sad now and i love it yeah uh and 
like as a fan of those movies, the last shot when Laura takes the cross and makes it the X fucking ruins me. It's good. The first it's time fantastic. I saw the movie, I was weeping. <laughs> Just weeping. I'm not I had this weird thing. Uh I never cried at movies until like three or four years ago. I think that might be right before I did that. So I don't think I was too masculine at that time to cry. But uh, probably if I would have seen it now, yeah, it probably would hit me in the in the feels. Uh, it's a lot of movies made me like I don't know, kind of get teary eyed. I guess would be the term. But this was like this was actual actual tears. Uh, they just did it so well. Uh, yeah, and like everything leading up to that. So good. And then they just another thing that oh uh sorry, I was gonna say another thing that X-Men Origins Wolverine ruins is Logan. Another reason you shouldn't watch it. Uh is because Logan heals from an adam uh, adamantium bullet in X-Men Origins Wolverine. It just scrambles his brain. Um but that's that's how they kill the clone and they make a big deal the whole movie. He has this adamantium bullet that he was planning to use to kill himself. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Although he didn't, I mean, he was dying because his healing factor wasn't working as well, and his skeleton was killing him. But yeah, the clone wouldn't have that problem. No, the clone was fresh and easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it, like the adamantium bullet is a huge plot point in that, and it doesn't make sense having gone back to rewatch X Men Wolverine. Yeah, that bull amnesia uh, is so dumb. They should. I. They only changed it. They only came up with this cockamamie thing so that they could make a revenge movie and have him have metal claws the whole time with his memory. And then it turns out he's not getting revenge. His wife's on their side, so there was no revenge. So he just decides to walk away until like uh, that movie. Yeah, they made some big, it's like, big weird choices and big mistakes in this thing. But yeah. strangely, like they're the. Like with they they made so many good choices. They have some goodwill. They never made any other good superhero franchises. I I know they made the Fantastic Four movies. All those are crap. Um, I'm not sure if they Daredevil. made Daredevil or not. They was Daredevil theirs. Most people don't like that. I haven't re- watched it since I read Daredevil. I used to like it. I'm afraid to watch it now because I think I'm going to be really upset. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's as bad as the Fantastic Four movies. But yeah. They never had anything that was that good except for the X-Men movies. And then they, around the end, they just fell on their faces. Yeah. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of good outside of um, either Brian Singer or like Hugh Jackman's passion projects. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of how it shakes out. Uh, the rest of them are kind of I guess First Class is neither of them, but I think Brian Singer produced First Class. He just wasn't. Well, First Class is uh, Matthew Vaughn, who I think is another great director. Uh, he made uh, Kingsman, the first one. I think he might have made the second one, mm. but that was shit. Uh, he also made the first Kick-Ass movie, which is another great movie. I, I pretty much like everything Matthew Vaughn does, so that's probably why that one was good. But, you know, most yeah. of the directors, I mean, Brett Ratner's not a beloved director, uh, the, the, I think Simon Kinberg made uh, made the last one, and I, I don't know who the fuck he is. He's the writer of a lot of the X Men movies. Like he's been one of the writers. 
But it's weird when they make someone like a, a writer or someone who hasn't like there's a difference between writing and directing. When you take that step, it's it's a weird choice. Like uh, I'm gonna move over to a franchise I'm super familiar with. This guy's not a writer, but uh, Quantum of Solace, uh, the James Bond franchise movie, second Daniel Craig movie, was directed by Mark Forster. Uh, you, the thing that's weird with him is that he never directed an action movie before. He only directed Finding Neverland and Stranger Than Fiction, two dramas. And they're like, let's give you an action film. And I don't know why they give, like, these people, like, make an action film, sure. But don't give them, like, the lead in a huge franchise. Let them make something on right. the side first and then give them that. Because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's hard to make an action film. And it's the Simon Kinberg thing. He wrote X. He was the writer of X3 as well as Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so he wrote the same movie uh, twice? Apparently he loves that storyline and he has yet to get it right. And there's a big part of me that thinks it can't be done right outside of like a, a TV show that has time to develop all the stuff well, going on with Gene. They, maybe they can do it like if they actually like, if they do it like more MCU format where it's a little bit more connected, not these time jumps, throwing a little bit per and then build up to it like a TV season. But yeah, they basically throw in everything in one movie and that that's, it's terrible. It's like, there's a whole thing like, the uh, mastermind uh, who uh, is completely different in the X-Men movies because that's that's Jason, who's the Striker's kid in the movies. Okay. In, like the wheelchair. Okay, I kind of uh, remember that, yeah. Uh, but his power is illusions, uh, and he wanted to get in the Hellfire Club, which is what Kevin Bacon runs in first class. Uh, and his his way of doing it was to, like, Give them Jean Grey by tricking her with illusions. I remember that in the comics, yeah. So, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, it would be tough to, like, kind of incorporate that into other X-Men movies to kind of start building up that stuff. But maybe if you do a movie that's, like, about them fighting the Hellfire Club, get up her, get pulled into it. Yeah, they didn't even have the Hellfire Club in the Phoenix movies. No. And they're very Uh, important for that. They gotta unlock her, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's weird that uh, in Apocalypse, Gene is showing, starting to do the the thing they did in X two, where like Phoenix is starting to come out. But then in Dark Phoenix, they go back to the more classic explanation, which is it's like an alien force. Oh, I didn't know they did that in, in Apocalypse. That's so stupid. They they don't even watch their own movies. All right, so yeah, it went out with a whimper, but I still, I still say I give X Men a lot of uh, credit for what they did for superhero movies. I enjoy a lot of them. Uh, I'm sure you're in the same boat, so you just decide to rewatch all of them. Yeah, uh, my my recommendation is always uh, if you just want to see some good movies, uh, watch the first two X Men, watch Days of Future Past, and then watch Logan. It's like a condensed cut. I would, like I would X-Men. throw in First Class. Um, if you like X-Men, I would add First Class and Wolverine. Okay. um, Wolverine's dependence on X3 for its, like, for a lot of, like, the background of its story and uh, First Class uh, being a a plot cul-de-sac where all the things they set up never, ever get mentioned or pay off really other than, oh, no, they all died and were mad about it. Um, (laughs) 
I know. Here's the thing. I got I th- one of my my favorite movie of all time is Casino Royale, and a lot of that is setting up the future of that series. And none of the payoffs after that movie work at all. But I still say it's my favorite movie of all time. So I guess I have a soft spot as long as the move the first thing's good. I don't care. Yeah, I mean it's just in a weird spot because it's good and Days of Future Past is is amazing and they don't they're not like imagine if Quantum Solace was really good but didn't use anything from Casino Royale like if Quantum Solace was even better than Casino Royale like I don't know it's it's a more difficult connection because comics are so like intertwined and connected and soap opera ish and they're yeah. Like, building out the stories. Um, I don't know. It, it sounded like they were going to try to do that a little bit with Bond. Well, the, well I mean, uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace continues like minutes after the end of Casino Royale. It just blows it all. Right. Uh, fuck that movie. <laughs> I, I saw a list of like uh, the Daniel Craig movies listed in order of from, from worst to best. And they put Quantum of Solace as the best Daniel Craig movie. And I was so mad. I was like, just someone's opinion. It's just someone's opinion. It's just someone's opinion. But I was so angry because it's, it's not. It's so bad. You, that movie, I know we're talking about X-Men, but that movie basically starts off, they have the bad guy, uh, one people from Quantum, in their clutches from the end of Casino Royale. They lose him in the opening minutes, and then by the end of the movie, they have someone in their clutches from Quantum. You spend two hours getting back to where you were in the first five minutes. It's so stupid. Uh, I, that that reminds me of the rebel plotline in Last Jedi, where it's like we were we've evaded the Empire or the uh, First Order's sorry same thing uh, First Order's uh, detection. Oh no, they found us, they chased us, and we're right back where we were before. At the end of that, it makes it feel like a filler. It, it just seems like a waste of time. I hate that so much. Uh, well, I mean, we moved off of X-Men. Uh, so let's get back to that. Thank you. Uh, so this is a lot of fun for me. I think I'm going to do more episodes like this in the future. If I see someone uh, talking about a subject that I think is interesting, I'm going to bring them on for that. I want to have you on regardless if you uh, if you have a subject I see or if it's just uh want to have you on the show because you're a very good guest. I had a good time with this. Uh, is there, yeah, uh, I have fun. Is there anything uh, you're doing right now that you want to plug? Nope. Um, I'm just s- sitting at home. Uh, I'll, I'll plug that. It's, uh... <laughs> no, I, I feel you. It's uh, it's been a long 18 years uh, sitting in this quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. when uh, when we all get vaccinated, uh, we could have people here instead of on Zoom doing uh doing interviews. I think that'd be a lot more fun. Uh, but still, it yeah. works for what, for what it is. All right, thank you so much, uh, everyone. Uh, if you like this show, please, please, please rate us on iTunes. I have no ratings. After I destroy my old podcast, start up again, I have no ratings. Very few listeners. Uh, my dad tells me every time he listens to an episode, so thanks, Dad. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> so if anyone else could, could you know, put some word out there, I'd appreciate it. Uh, and you'll share it. even Or even if you don't want to share it just with someone, tell them to listen to it. Go on their computer or on their phone and add it into their podcast subscription. So I just get the download so I feel good. I'd appreciate that. So this has been Unlicensed Entertainment. I'm Carl Etner, my guest with Matthew Thomas. Thank you for listening.